and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of the chapters from Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. This week we read One Piece Volume 5 to celebrate One Piece reaching 1,000 chapters. Congratulations to Odai Sensei. Yes. I know he doesn't listen and doesn't speak this language. Actually, he probably speaks okay English. Probably. At this point. But congratulations all the same. Everybody in Jump this week congratulated him, except the writer of A Gravity Boys. Yeah. I thought it was a very good Jump this week. It's hard to say if that's just because it always feels better after I'm jonesing after a week of not getting it or not. I like the last stuff, yeah. Even a bunch of stuff on my bottom I thought was pretty okay. So shall we get right into it? Sure. We are starting with One Piece, Chapter 1000, Straw Hat Luffy. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I really liked this chapter of One Piece. Yeah, me too. My favorite moment is Luffy walking past Kaido and Big Mom to go see the Red Scabbards. Uh, Kimon specifically, yeah. Kimon specifically. And like, they're just like, all right, let's do this. And he just walks past them, picks up (laughs) Kimon and is like, I'm sorry I failed you. Like, that's just a total Luffy move and was so great. I wonder if some of the slowness was so that chapter 1000 could be such a big impact chapter, because it's an obvious name for your thousandth chapter, and I agree, incredibly strong chapter. Mm-hmm. Like This is what we're here for when it comes to One Piece. Yep. A- at the same time, it feels kind of accelerated, because usually we'd see some of the Straw Hats win their battles before we got the Luffy's. Yeah. And who knows how this is going to go. I could even see a thing where all the Straw Hats went off screen to show how badass they are at this point. And how Kaido and Big Mom have underestimated them. Yeah. I mean, obviously not all of them, because Zoro is now up here. But yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. And, and Usopp and Nami defeating the Pepe and Ulti would be a bit extreme. But that, that's a fight I'm genuinely looking forward to. But I could see that happening uh, after this chapter. But yeah, incredibly strong. The stuff with Yamato talking to Momonosuke and us finding out like little bits and pieces of what was in the journal that we don't know about is super good. Yeah. There's some good ace stuff. Yeah, I love that Killer and Zoro get to be in this fight, even though they're not captains. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's the the biggest bounties law, Kid, Killer, Zoro, and Luffy up there. I, I also love, you know, not this. I love, you talk about him just uh, stepping past them. I love how he completely ignores them. It's just like, hey, Law, do your thing. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I gotta hit this guy with all the power of a flaming mythical bird. Yeah, that was that was also an extremely satisfying moment, especially yeah. with Big Mom being like Kaido. Why did you let him punch you like that? Yes, <laughs> we're, we're kind of getting to the end, and there's some stuff I want to get to before that. But yeah, super strong ending there. I also, I like I said, I'm super excited for this big fight. I'm super excited by the way it's set up. The flashbacks are super good. Even the little thing at the very start when the other minks have uh, cleared away for Luffy, and he's like, oh, thanks, Lion Viper. And he's like, my, my name is Shishio. And Luffy's like, thanks, Lion Viper. <laughs> well, I also like that he's like, you know, thank you for protecting Raizo. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I've criticized Odai's paneling recently, so I just want to say it is on fire, this chapter. Like, mm-hmm. the triangular page, well, with the middle being all the flashback scenes yeah, of people, like, wanting to get rid of Kaido is super good. 
and, and yeah, that ending where we see Luffy's new attack, which is a more powerful version of the Red Hawk, my favorite Luffy move, the Red Rock, not like a thing you would hit someone with if you were Killer Croc, but like the <laughs> mythical bird. You yes. Because a hawk is a bird. Well, I mean, rocks are supposed to be gigantic. Yes. So like that that was very sweet. Yeah. Awesome new move unveiling. Really great chapter. Really good, you know, for chapter 1000. So as I've said very many times, the trick of One Piece is making you hate a guy so much that all you want in the world is for Luffy to punch that guy. And then it sends Luffy down a bunch of trap holes and blue balls you and doesn't let him punch that guy for a long time. And it edges you to a climax. So it always feels good when Luffy gets to punch a guy. And he yes. got to punch a guy real, real good. And then Big Mom got to go, why did you let him punch you like that, Kaido? <laughs> The only, I mean, super strong ending, and we could get this at the very next chapter. The only thing I'm disappointed at is Kid not immediately going, no, I'm going to be King of the Pirates, <laughs> right after Luffy gives that badass line. Yeah. I mean, we had a bit of that where he stepped up and he was like, all right, I guess you guys are just going to witness me kicking their asses. <laughs> yeah, we did. I mean, I thought that splash panel was going to be the end of the chapter, frankly, and there was much more to go. Fair. Because it's super strong. Yes. Anything else you want to say on it? Incredibly strong chapter. Mm-hmm. Great way, uh, way to hit a thousand. Really curious where it's going to go. We could get to that blue balling only in a dramatic irony way where we now don't see Luffy again for, you know, 20 weeks while we watch the other Straw Hats fight. Totally possible. But there are lots of ways it can go, and I'm excited for most of them. Yes. All right. Next, we have My Hero Academia number 296, Hellish Hell. Come on, Hori Hoshi. There are other adjectives. I know you know how to write. <laughs> What did you think of My Hero this week, Kevin? I also really liked My Hero this week. I really liked seeing a lot of Ochiko in this. and yeah, That es- stuff was super strong. I'll agree. Yeah, especially the bit where she's, you know, she's helping out, and then she sees one of the heroes being like, I, I gotta get a new job, man. I can't handle this. Yep. And uh, it, like, mood. Yeah, and her having that face of, like, she isn't defeated yet, but she was like, wait. No, come on. Don't don't back down now. Yeah, especially after she's like, oh, I got to save as many of them as I can. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll super agree with you. All the Ochiko stuff in this chapter is mega strong, but the rest of it seems really dictatorial. A little like, bit. Midnight's death in the anime will be much better because they know she dies there and she'll give her they'll give her a proper send off there. This feels yeah. like a re- real like, oh, and by the way, she's dead. And like, there's no punch to it, in my opinion even though I kind of like that character. There's less punch than there should be, I agree. But I think there's still a little bit of punch. And it's a lot of, yeah, we captured that guy and that guy, but that guy got away. It's very, and 422 gold, 382 silver, 449 copper, some gems. And one magical item. Yeah, it was very much the feeling I got from this chapter. Not terrible, because like you said, the Ochiko stuff I do genuinely think is really, really strong. Mm Mm-hmm. The rest of it, just not so much. Is there anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. All right. So then we have one of the one shots we got this week. We did not get the Act Age Artist one shot. I don't know what's going on there. If they're saving it for next week when there's no jump, if we're just not getting it in America for some reason. I don't know either. Maybe it is taking longer to translate because it doesn't specifically have a translation team. Like maybe because we're getting the One Piece or the, the Food Wars one, like they have a one-shot translation team that was only able to work on that one. Mm. 
I don't know. Uh, but next we have Shokugeki no Sanji, Chapter 2, Sanji Bankwind Assistant. I know when we got the last chapter of this, you said you'd already read it. Is that true for this one as well? No. Yeah, I th- my understanding is this is an original to celebrate the 1,000th chapter of One Piece, but I wasn't sure if this was a special for somewhere el- from somewhere else or something. Yeah, I, I have not read it. I don't think it's been published before either. Not that I'm super up on anything that he puts up. Mm-hmm. But I figure I probably would have seen something if they had come out with this earlier. So what did you think of this, Kevin? It's still really good. It's good to see his art again. And, you know, seeing Sanji, the uh, Sanji barring the katana moment is really nice. It's super interesting to me. His Sanji is super, super on model, for lack of a better word. He tends to be a bit more expressive, but... That happens with Sanji in One Piece sometimes as well. His Nami just looks a little bit like a girl he drew. Still looks pretty much like uh, Nami. His Zoro looks like a really good fan art take. Mm-hmm. But it looks different. Luffy and Usopp are in this story, but their faces are always covered by dialogue balloons. And I feel like that has to be intentional, but I don't get the joke. Can he just not draw them? Was he not allowed to? Did he ma- like? Is this a joke he made to Odai at a party once that he's paying off and it's just for the two of them? Maybe. Like that is pretty that is pretty interesting, but I do like the idea that it's a bet he made with her die and now can't can't do anything He's not about it. To draw Luffy or Usopp's face, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, like a weird Zoro Sanji focused story focused on their rivalry, which obviously is something that comes up in One Piece all the time. But it's mm-hmm. pretty much always played for laughs. So it's interesting yeah. to see it kind of genuinely here, where Sanji has to cut a fish and none of his knives are strong enough or long enough so Zoro just like leaves his sword in the kitchen yeah because i and i really do like the moment where sanji's like all of my night like it's not my tools like yeah. it you know a poor artisan blames his tools it's not their fault i just don't have the right tool to do this like this one's sharp enough but too short to get the full cut this one's long enough but not sharp enough to do this so it's just I, I really liked the this random dude that has his daughter's wedding to make food for. Just really like that moment of everybody working together to bring him sashimi. Mm-hmm. And then there's some uh, fan service. It's not full food wars. Uh, everyone's wearing clothes, but it's a good ending. I was really hoping we were going to get like naked Zoro or naked Luffy as a good gag, but it works well enough. I did like that we got a mermaid fishmonger guy. Yes, but he's very small in the background. <laughs> yeah, but still, I liked that he was there. I was like, that's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Anything else mm-hmm. you have to say on it, Kevin? No. That will bring us to another one shot this week. We Were Born, which is pitched as the Promised Neverland pilot. I don't know if it's an original pitch or if it's a one shot that they ran before they came up with Promised Neverland. It's got a lot of Promised Neverland DNA, but it's not there yet. What, uh, that's my take anyway. I enjoyed it as a little what if, but compared to the actual Promised Neverland, uh, I'm not like blown away or anything. Like That's a definitely a better story and a better take they had in the end. Yeah, and that honestly really, especially because I didn't see that it was the Promised Neverland pilot, I was just really confused when they build it as Promised Neverland 1, you know, chapter 180, whatever, point four. I was like, this this has nothing to do with the Promised Neverland. So while it was an okay story, I like didn't understand a lot of what was going on. 
Alright, I understood it, but I was kind of spent most of the time reading it going like, okay, how does this tie in to like anything? Yeah. The demons aren't there, or at least it doesn't seem they were. They're not really there at the very start of Promised Neverland either, I guess. Although they're implied from pretty early on. And the yeah. escape, uh, the mental aspects aren't there. The like evil foster family thing is there. Although we mm-hmm. don't get to see any of Rita, who is the Emma equivalent's family. We just see her save a Romeo and Juliet gangster. Yep. And then get sold for her organs like it's the island. Yep. It, there were bits of it I like. The ending lands pretty well. It ends like a one-shot, which makes me think this is probably a one-shot that got submitted and was eventually worked into the Promise Neverland. Maybe. I just, I personally feel like it would have been much better if they had not billed it as anything related to the Promise Neverland. And that's on Viz in America, right? Yes. Because they put it in that category. Whereas I'm sure in the original version it said from the, or the original version of The Promised Neverland or whatever, it was billed that, but it was not billed as chapter 180.4. Yeah. So that really knocked it down in the rankings because I was like, I basically spent the whole time expecting the demons to show up or like something of that nature. And then I was like, oh, it doesn't tie in at all. (laughs) Okay, I guess. I liked it pretty well. It's probably my favorite of the Promised Neverland one-shots. Yeah, if I were to, like, because, again, it's because to me it doesn't have anything to do with the Promised Neverland. It's more like, would you like to read a one-shot by the creators of Promised Neverland? Like, sure, I like Saburo Kono. This is fine. But it's not Promised Neverland. No. It is proto Promus Neverland, though. Although even the character designs aren't as good. I do like the male lead character design fairly well, but Rita's not nearly as strong as Emma, just from a look standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right. I think that's about all we have to say on We Were Born. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter 45, Rain Ames and the Most Thrilling Magic User. They broke the title convention. Not really, but kind of. Yeah, sort of. What did you think of Mashal this week, Kevin? I thought the fight is okay between the two dudes, but what really sold me on this chapter was the board game that they're playing. With a D100, an honest-to-goodness D100. Yes, the honest-to-goodness D100. The fact that they all keep landing on spots that are like the worst possible futures for them. Yeah, like, and they're like, "What? Well, it's just, it's just a board game, right? Like it. Th- this isn't like sealing our fates or anything, right?" Yeah, my my favorite by far is it's the third one, so that should be the funniest. It's like your little sister brings home a boyfriend. Return to start. Yeah, I also like that it's very well delivered. Right after Lemon is like, "Well, I, this isn't like determining our fates or anything." No, of yeah. course not. <laughs> I, that was super good. I also really liked the. One kid being like, I'll make this keep going no matter what. And then, you know, his older brother in the fight being like, I'll make sure that brazen kid can goes as far as he can. Yeah. Like it, like I said, the, really the fight, the fight was pretty good, but what really did it for me this week was the board game. Yeah. It's super strong. I will agree with you there. I also like the idea that this kid is a three liner, but like he's got like a, you know, second form where he activates his third line. Mm hmm which is kind of cool. Yeah. 
Next up, we have Ayakashi Triangle, Chapter 27, Exercising Incense. I also really like this chapter of Ayakashi Triangle. I really like Ryo, the ninja tool chick from earlier, so I'm glad that she is back and that she is aggressively inserting herself into this love dodecagram. Yes. I also like that she is, uh, or that they are exploring different fetishes. (laughs) explicitly (laughs) i don't get this one but i'm sure mine will be here eventually (laughs) yeah where she's like oh i know i just gotta all all our stuff is with incense so i just have to smell you real good also i do have a scent fetish but that doesn't matter (laughs) and then suzu is like yeah i already left the story but i decided i would come back just in time to see the awkward situation yep but yeah i like that she's trying to turn him back into a boy the gag where she can make his chest flat, but it's not permanent. And also, it, it, it of course, because of Sayakashi Triangle, ends up doubling in size for the night afterward. Yes. I definitely love that panel of the, the father walking home and being like, uh, what happened? As he's just sitting there like, uh, my shoulders are so sore. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is very good. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I also like that he's like, yeah, I don't mind being a girl, but awkward things keep happening, and it would be great if they stopped. Yeah. Because she was like, oh, I thought you didn't care. And he was like, I, I didn't care back then, but... <laughs> but that was before my uh, rival's dad tried to get me into an arranged marriage with my rival. <laughs> <laughs> and also, my, my the girl I have a crush on's best friend decided she was in love with my male form, which she thinks is an alien because of catnip. Yes. All right. Anything else you want to say on Ayakashi Triangle? Nope. Next up, we have Dr. Stone's Z equals 180, sickening yet beautiful. This chapter felt really important to me, but at the same time, I didn't really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's like, it's kind of like this is a lot of setup for the gotcha later. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on, but since there isn't any, like, actual conclusions set up that you don't really get much out of it. Yeah. I feel like the buildup to the cliffhanger is really, really strong, but at the cliffhanger, I was like, whoa, actually, what is that? And what does this mean? Yeah. Like it had the punch and then I thought about it and it was like, no, I actually didn't get punched. Why did I feel this? It's Hercules uh, delayed punch fist. No. <laughs> only, only in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, it's just a chapter of Dr. Stone, right? With the army ant that they grind up to make animal repellent. Yes. And kind of foreshadowing with Chrome being like, oh, hey, we should like invent something that will spritz us with revival fluid after a few seconds in case we get a hit with a petrifying machine. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like the setup that the bad guys are like, yeah, well, we can track them now. That's actually why we chased after them so hard is so that they didn't have any time to lay any false trails this time. Yeah, that's really good at creating or reintroducing tension. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like the chapter, but it just it, it felt like it was missing something, too. It was, it's really hard to explain. It is. But I do agree with you. OK. Anything else we want to say on it? Nope. Last but not least, we have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, Chapter 25, Sunken Ruins, Part 2. What did you think of Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin this week, Kevin? Fairly decent shonen action. Like, I I did like it. It wasn't a wow-me chapter of Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, but I did rather enjoy it. 
Yeah, it kind of has the same problems I've been talking about with it lately, where I feel like way too many characters got introduced. And that's kind of compacted by the fact that they're diving underwater now, so they all look kind of completely different. Which makes sense, but you just threw so many characters in that it was really hard for me to track who was who. I was like, oh, did they go with the captain or that other girl? Obviously, they should have gone with the captain narratively, but she's not really acting how I expect her to. Yeah. And then at the end, it gets the show in action. I'm looking forward to the next chapter to really see like how well this guy can do shonen because that's really what he's setting up at the end there. Yep. And there's some good stuff in this one as well. Yeah. But I ended up feeling a little bit disappointed, although Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin is a series I have high expectations for. So, yeah, I I'm still excited. Like like I said when I read it, it just it was pretty good, but not amazing, which like I'm not going to fault something for being pretty good. Mhm. Anything else you want to say this week, Kevin? I'm really looking forward to see what's going to go on with the captain since she took off her scuba gear. Yeah, it, like I said, it's a classic setup for a shonen fight. Yeah. I am also looking forward to that. All right, that will bring us into jump card then. Jump Card is a segment where we rank chapters of manga, everything that came out this week, not just the stuff we talk about, from our least favorite up to our favorite, 21 this week. So what do you have at number 21, Kevin? That's where I have high school family. Same. Eh. This was nothing, and the jokes are difficult to translate. Yep. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. What do you get at 20? That's where I put a Gravity Boys. I put it quite a bit higher, and I'll be honest with you. There was for a moment where it said at the end, at the end of it, I considered putting it at number one. <laughs> I'll let you say your piece, but since we didn't talk about our Gravity Boys and it is the final chapter, I thought this was a pretty okay way to end it. Um, it's kind of rushed, but I don't mind that. Except it's not done. Is it not? It's at the end, at the end. It said this is the last we're going to see it in Shonen Jump, but it's getting uh, chapters in Shonen Giga. As like an epilogue series. Oh, gotcha. Well, I might actually check you that out, but we don't have to for the podcast. We don't say shit about Shonen Giga. Yes. So, sayonara. But yeah, I just, to me, this kind of like, I don't know. I just, I haven't been enjoying the ride, so it's like, it's over. I I wasn't even hating it so much that I wanted to, I mean, you know, like I did want it to end, but it wasn't like, get me the fuck off of this thing. I mean, it's not, it's third from the bottom on my list of series I want to end, but it still put a pep in my step when it was over. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll say a little bit more when we get to where I put it. I have me and Robico at 20. Sure. I do really like the idea of, to celebrate the thousandth chapter of like deifying Odai Sensei this way. Mm-hmm. And the joke we've seen before where the mangaka all look like their little avatars for the comments yep. is an okay joke. But there's so much me and Robico bullshit to get through. Yeah. I have it at 19. Mm-hmm. I liked it just a little bit with Ruri and uh, Odai talking. Like, that mm-hmm. moment seemed really nice to me. And then, of course, you know, Robico ruined it. But 
like that moment right there where they were like, oh yeah, like of course Odai can't make it to this thing. Uh, he hasn't been able to sleep since he started writing One Piece. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good joke. And then it was like, no, I, it, you know, I, he usually tries to make it to these things, but this year it's going to be really hard and he made it anyway. Like, you know, yeah, that's great for you guys. I just kind of wish like that, that could have been the chapter, just Odai showing up and being like, uh-huh. yeah, go for your dreams. I mean, Don't make shit like this. The Toriyama jokes are okay as well. Yeah. But the, but the uh, Horihoshi jokes are nothing. Mm-hmm. I got Sakamoto days at 19. Okay. I feel like nothing happened in this chapter. It was like a threat. But but don't worry about it this week. Worry about it next week. We did get a new character introduction, but I didn't think anything of him. Sure. What do you have at 18? That's where I put our blood oath. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, like, again... I kind of had that character overload last chapter, and it's like, oh yeah, this is actually our uncle. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like, of course you're actually related to the demon ro- or the vampire royalty. Well, they are also vampire royalty, so I like, no, like, facts. I get that. Like, it, that's what I meant. It's like, well, I mean, of course you're related to vampire royalty, but you know, with this guy's uh, superpowers, it's like, why didn't you intervene earlier? Great question. Is really what it comes down to, like. Yeah, anything else you want to say on it? No. I got Black Clover at 18. Okay. Uh, Continues to just be like what seem like curb stop fights that I don't really care about. Fair. Like maybe these people are going to break out and there'll be actually some cool show and stuff, but eh. What do you got at 17? So that's where I put the Promised Neverland this week. Because like I said, I spent the entire time waiting for the tie-in to happen and it didn't. So it was kind of a letdown, the whole read-through. Mm-hmm. That's where I put Phantom Seer. Okay. I just, I, I really didn't care for this chapter. I don't want to say it seemed like nothing, but it had all the Phantom Seer problems and none of the, like, real promise that I want to see from it. And I found the fight in it to be pretty boring and predictable. Gotcha. What do you have at 16? That's where I put Mori King. I don't know, for, like... It definitely seems like they're ending Mori King soon. Like yeah, I don't know. I would how say you con- one or two weeks probably. Yeah, I don't know how you continue. But it just felt kind of weird where they're essentially doing the Matrix two. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't really make that parallel, but you're not wrong. <laughs> it's just you know, we've run the simulations millions of times. So that like that when I had that realization, I was like, uh Yeah. I got Undead Unluck at 16. Okay. We at least kind of get an answer to what's going on with Andy. It's not one I love, but sure. Yeah. The Victor stuff, though, just seemed like stuff we already kind of knew. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like kind of ex- reminder exposition. Yeah. It also felt weird being at the end of the book. I don't know if it just like tanked in popularity or what the deal with that is. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, it also could be that it's kind of on an upswing and they wanted to end with something that's a little more popular. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. But I also felt weird getting to the end and being like, oh, Undead Unde- Luck is all the way back here. Normally yeah. it's... Like in know, the middle-ish. In the middle-ish. Like, maybe towards the back of the middle, but... Yeah. Uh, maybe they just knew it was a stinker of a chapter. <laughs> I mean, you put it <laughs> higher than me, so maybe you disagree. What do you have at 15? That's where I put Phantoms here. Not much else to say. Okay. So. That's where I put our Blood Oath, because I did find the ending at least interesting. Okay. 
Like, there are consequences for people's actions, and it went from everything is fine to suddenly stakes. I thought it was actually a good turn. There was good storytelling there. Didn't love it, but what do you have at 14? That's where I put Undead Unluck. Okay. That's where I put a Gravity Boys. Again, like, in a better series, I'd want to actually see them go revisit everybody. And also, the, the problem seemed to come out of nowhere. I did not get the feeling that would be the conflict this issue, or this chapter, last chapter. Mm-hmm. Although maybe that was me not reading it closely enough, but I thought it was kind of good. And like the ending is cheesy shonen friendship bullshit, but like it's shonen jump. What else do you want? Yeah, uh, that's fair. What do you have at Lucky Thirteen? That's where I put Makuchon. Okay, I thought it was pretty good, but like it seemed to have a bit of the kind of weird Makuchon thing that didn't totally go over well. Hmm. Like when he was the mop. Yeah. I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, him being the Kotatsu was funnier, but... That's true. So there was just some weird stuff going on. What were you going to say? I got Mori King at 13. It has a feeling like he thought this was going to be his final chapter, and they're like, oh, actually, you get three more. But like, I like the ending. Like you said, the Matrix stuff, I didn't make that parallel, but it makes sense at, Like that would be the prize for the competition they've had. Yeah. And it makes the stakes interesting. And, you know, I like the goodbye stuff. You know, it, it's not, again, it's a pretty standard for a shonen series of this type. Mm-hmm. But worked okay. Oh, what do you have at 12? That's where I have Sakamoto Days. Okay. I liked the introduction of the new copycat character a little bit more. Especially because while they could tell that something was a little off. Even the mind reader wasn't able to tell that it wasn't Sakamoto. Yeah, although that also seemed weak to me when he was like, oh, wait, I couldn't read his thoughts the whole time. Which I guess makes sense if he's just used to him not thinking very much, but... Well, I I thought it wasn't that he couldn't read the thoughts. It was, I couldn't tell the difference. Mm. Like, that's how I read it. Like, he was literally thinking like Sakamoto, just slightly differently. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if Sakamoto was having an off day, he would think like this. Uh huh. Yeah, like I said, it just didn't do anything for me. Fair. I got Jujutsu Kaisen at 12. Okay. There are bits of it I liked, but I found it really hard to follow, and I've been getting more into Jujutsu Kaisen, so that happens less and less. Mm-hmm. And I just I felt excluded in a weird way. So, still pretty decent. If it was a worse issue of Shonen Jump, it would have been much higher, but mm-hmm. that's where I put it. What do you got at 11? That's where I have Build King. This okay. is starting to get to the cool shonen building thing where they're like, oh yeah, it's the dragon's tooth. So we got to hit it with the other side of the vigor hammer to, you know, essentially do dental work on the tooth rather than trying to destroy it. Yeah. I mean, I've been feeling this for a couple chapters now. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I've got it higher than that. Either. Sure. Uh, anything else you want to say on it? Nah. I got Promise Neverland slash We Were Born Here. Okay. It was an interesting peek into what could have been. What could have been was worse than what was, though, so mm-hmm. not super upset with it, but I thought there were good bits in this. What do you have at 10? That's where I have Dr. Stone. Like you said, it feels like it's important, but it's it's missing just that little bit of something mm-hmm. to make it really land hard. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I got Magu-chan at 10. Okay. I, I think it just worked a little bit better for me. Like, it was a sweet chapter. I mm-hmm. was worried about the mom just like having a freak out reaction to Magi chan or it getting more antagonistic and i like that it stayed kind of sweet and yeah. slice of lifey yeah 
What do you have at nine? That's where I put Hyde World Cop and Dolphin. Same. I'm looking forward to next week. So same. This week had some good stuff, but yeah, I think I got my real complaints about it out already. So Mm -hmm. and add some good stuff too. What do you have at eight? That's where I put Mission Yozakura. I thought it was pretty cute with Tayo and Mitsumi playing old maid and being horrible at it because they're like trying to lose at old maid mm-hmm. and not schooling their reactions at all, which was yeah. kind of cute, but also like, you know, Tayo has been training to be a spy. Like I get he's, you know, he's not training or he's uh, letting his guard down because of his cute wife, but I liked it. Like, you know, I liked it decently well. I just think some of the stuff above it was better. Gotcha. I got Build King at eight. Not really anything more to say than you did, other than sure. Uh, for me, this is three in a row where it's starting to rise. I, I need a real good climax to really get behind Build King, but I certainly enjoy it, seeing it come out. What do you got at seven? That's where I have Jujutsu Kaisen. I just liked a lot of the cast getting together. I feel, you know, obviously less excluded since I've read everything. Mm-hmm. Seeing Pan again was nice. I mean, I knew he was there, but... Seeing I like Panda. Nice. Yeah, I like Panda. I gotcha. I gotcha. I got Dr. Stone at seven, right above Build King like you. I, and again, okay. not much more to say on it. I sure. just, I think I was slightly more impressed by it. What do you have at number six? That's where I have Mashal. Gotcha. You know, like I said earlier, that the the board game stuff really made me laugh. The fight stuff was mostly okay. Like, I, I wanna, the fight stuff was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, on on a level of good, not great, but yeah, still cool. Yeah, I got my hero at six. Like I said, okay. really like the Ochiko stuff, but so much of the rest just felt like house cleaning. That it gotcha. had a real like meh feel to me, even though that bit was really good. Gotcha. What do you have at five? That's where I put Black Clover. I really liked the feeling that Yuno's fight is not over yet, especially because they cut back to it and it still isn't technically done. So it leads me to believe that the dude's going to break out. But I really like this stuff with the Rose Girl and basically the deny, you know, you're playing, you're facing off against the opponent that's like, yes, I've been looking for somebody to play with. And then her just being like, no, you kind of let your guard down, so I'm not going to play with you at all. Like, Mm. I've been looking for a strong opponent to challenge me. Cool, I'm not doing that. Just didn't do anything for me. That's fair. I, I just, I really liked it, so. That's why I went much higher. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. I got Mission Yozakura at five. You didn't even touch on the back half, which I don't blame you for because it's much weaker. Mm -hmm. But I really like the old maid stuff and especially the early on bit where they're both like just working out social contract stuff in their head was Mm -hmm. incredibly relatable to me. Gotcha. Like it's like top tier. I consider this number one, but then the back half was so weak it kind of fell. Mm hmm. What do you have it for? That's where I put Food Wars, Sugar Geki no Sanji. A fairly decent chapter. Really good to see that guy drawn again. And I liked the One Piece moments out of it. Uh-huh. That's where I have Mashal. Okay. I'll agree with you on the board game being better than the fight stuff. It got some genuine laughs from me. Uh, like multiple on the same joke, which is nice. Mm-hmm. The fight itself is kind of nothing, but like... The story around the fight is really good, which is what's more important. Fair. Obviously, if it was the whole package, it would have gone even higher. But I thought it was a real good match, and it's nice to see it back on form. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number three? That's where I put my hero. That 
the Ochiko moment where she's looking at the, you mentioned the guy's name, but the hero that's like, I can't do it anymore, just really got to me. Where it's like, even she looks like she's starting to break, like, no, like, you guys are professional heroes, you can't break down, I'm a student. Mm-hmm. That's where I put Ayakashi Triangle. Okay. I don't know that I have more to say than I did. Really liked seeing Rio back. It was a, a fun little chapter. Uh, I had a real good time reading it. Sure. What do you got at number two? That's where I put Ayakashi Triangle. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to list my personal fetishes, but <laughs> Ascent Fetish is not one, but I just like the idea that now he's just going to start introducing new fetishes for all the all girls. The girls. <laughs> to te- for all, not necessarily all the girls, mm-hmm. but all the people to tease about Suri with. Like, I, yeah. that just that pop thought popped into my head. I was like, this would be pretty funny. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I got Shokugeki no Sanji yet, too. It probably got a big boost from being in the 1000 chapter One Piece celebration, but I sure. still really genuinely like the Sanji sh- the Zoro rivalry stuff. Again, yep. that makes perfect sense, but isn't something we've really seen from actual One Piece. Yep. And like you said, it was nice to see that guy draw again. Yeah. One Piece is number one this week. Yep. Fucking exemplary chapter of One Piece. Yeah. Really, really solid. So, really glad to see chapter 1000. Yeah. One Piece has been struggling a little bit lately. Not this chapter. I am super pumped for the next one. Yep. Speaking of, it is the start of the year, so we have to pick the eight series we're going to be reading going forward, especially since, was it one or two of ours that got ended? I feel like it's two, but I'm always bad at this. I think it's just one. All right. Well, you want to go first, Kevin, or do you want me to go first? I can go first. What what are we reading? So I'll pick Ayakashi Triangle. Super good. Good pick. I'll take the even more basic pick and pick One Piece. <laughs> I will also go basic and pick My Hero. Gotcha. Let's see. I guess. Hmm. See, it's get, it gets a little harder there. Yes. Like, do I do I go for another big one or do I go for something more niche? I want to talk about it. I guess I'll pick Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin there. Okay. I'll pick Mashal because I'm still really liking Mashal and I'm looking forward to where this arc goes. Mm-hmm. You know what? I guess I'll pick Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. I was going to let you do that or, or see if you would, but I, I think talking about that would help with my enjoyment of it every week. So let's do it. Fair. All right. What's your final pick? My final pick is High School Fit. No, no. <laughs> no. What What have I done? <laughs> I'll actually pick Mission Uzakura Family. I've been liking the, the cute Taiyo Mitsumi stuff and Zach talking about how much he liked it again kind of reminded me how fun it is. So maybe it will be more fun to talk about it every week. Yeah, and we seem we have a little bit of that climax energy I like. It really reeled back this week, but it's probably Mm -hmm. a good time to jump on and go into it. Yeah. I think I'm going to pick Build King for my last one, and I might regret that. Okay. But I'm hoping it's going to, you know, climb up, and, and, and something new seems more interesting to talk about to me. Totally fair. All right. So that is what we will be reading going forward. To celebrate Odai's Thousand Chapter, we read One Piece Volume 5, and we will be back to talk about that after the break.
All right, we read One Piece Volume 5 this week, right on the heels of Volume 4 two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Kevin? It's really good. So this is the our first major arc conclusion. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Guess. Kuro doesn't feel that much bigger than Buggy to me, honestly. It is. It's almost three times as long. Yeah. But, like, building block-wise, it, it's pretty much the same. It just has more time on Usopp up front, right? Yeah. And, and in the rear, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I do like that moment. Like, you know, we get another crew member added. They get the going Mary. Or the Mary yeah. Go. It was yeah, I guess- the translation, which I thought was weird. I mean, that's the proper one, but the Going Merry was what was used originally in the anime, and so a lot of people use gotcha. that translation. Merry Go is literal, but gotcha. no reason not to be, I suppose. And then I lost my chain of thought. I suppose what it is, it's the it's the first real proper character introduction arc, right? Yeah. Like, a, this is a character, he's going to join the Straw Hats, this is his deal. Like, we sort of have that with Zoro and Nami, but Zoro's introductory arc is not really about Zoro. It's kind of who he is about who he is as a person, but we don't get his background or anything in it. Yep. And Nami's arc is actually later. It's kind of a bait and switch. Yes. So I suppose this is the first one. And like it ends really strong with the like Usopp motivation stuff. Yeah. That's really, really strong. We get some foreshadowing on the Nami stuff here. More in the start of the next arc, but Yeah. Even here. Like Nami is really underused in this climax, notably. But like in the grand service of the story, that ends up being all right because it's intentional. Yes. And she's like, you know, conflicted over, you know, she thinks all pilots are like Kuro. And she is conflicted because she's watching Luffy actively deny that. Yeah. But she is just watching from the sideline. She is. But I do really like taking it from, you know, like an overall meta narrative that Luffy does not see everyone that claims to be a pirate as a pirate kind of Mm -hmm. thing like he thinks pirates are like shanks and his crew and you know there's a couple of crews like that but especially early on it's like almost you know all of these guys are assholes but as the story progresses he starts meeting you know he gets into the grand line and he's like oh that's mainly because all of the actual like actual good pirate crews went on the adventure and are out here sailing the seas with me as opposed to stuck trailing around in east blue Mm mm-hmm and I do like that all the villains are sort of, I don't want to say they're like real pirates. They're super fantasized beyond that. They're way more vilified and, you know, amped up. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, Kuro is just like, yeah, they just want loot. That's all it is. I just want to be rich and like pe- live a rich, peaceful life. And I love that Luffy's like, no, pirates are people who go on adventures. That's bullshit. Yeah. I've got to beat the pirate out of you. Yeah, I did like the. There's no way I could lose to somebody who gave up being a pirate. Mm-hmm. And I, I talked last week about how the Zoro fight is, you know, kind of exactly what you would expect and not the best. But as soon as Luffy starts fighting Koro, Odaiga starts going crazy with panel layouts and mm-hmm. fight scene gimmicks. And it's super strong. Like the bit where Kuro runs on Luffy's arm is super good. Yep. The the ending is super strong with that incredible headbutt. The whole fight is just really good. Um and you I talk about how One Piece was there from the beginning, and the more we read it, the more I'm like, yeah, it was. But yep. we do have Kuro going even more heel in this part, where he's like, yeah, I was always just going to kill my entire crew, so no one would know. And that bit's a little weak. It's super common in One Piece stories for the vi- the villain to go even more heel than they were before. 
Mm-hmm. But this is very, it's got kind of show don't tell problems that gets way solved in later ones. Yeah. The bit where you find out Kuro's evil when he's talking to Django on the cliff earlier in the story works much better. Yeah. That said, it, it's okay for raising the stakes. It, it's really good as like a moral showing of Luffy who like cares about his crew more than himself. Yeah. Versus Kuro who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to kill them all. They're They're in my way. Yep. Which is really great, like that helps Nami be con- or that you know helps sell the Nami being conflicted mm-hmm. over it. Which isn't even something I necessarily think you'd know how important it was if you weren't revisiting the series. Fair. But it's one of those things that like sits in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. And as you it's one of those they don't always come back, but you know, when you hear when you read those foreshadowing elements and then the event happens and you're like, Oh, that's what that was referencing? Or, like, yeah. that's what that was leading towards? That's so cool. You you know we get Jimbei's name for the first time in two volumes? Do we? Yes. When uh, when uh, Johnny and Yasuo are talking about the Warlords of the Sea, and are they talking about Arlong, they're like, yeah, you remember that Mihawk guy? There's this guy called Jimbei. He's a fishman that's on his level. Oh, yeah, I guess there is. Yeah, I, I was blown away when I saw that. Yeah, I remembered the Mihawk thing. I didn't remember the Jinbei thing. Yeah. It it might be three volumes. It might be later than that. But uh, before Arlong shows up, Jimbei's name gets dropped. And he mm-hmm. don't show up for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. And on a first read, though, I think Nami's reaction just reads as emphasizing the point of, you know, Kuro's a bad guy and Luffy's a good guy. And Nami doesn't understand why Luffy considers himself a pirate. Yeah. Also, Zoro gets lost in this uh chapter uh, volume not really because he has Usopp guiding him but that comes back where Usopp's well, like head east and like Zora's like how am I supposed to know which way that is say left or right head right so turn around what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> yeah which to be fair this is the first instance of Zoro being the one who's lost because uh, it was actually instance. because the first one was earlier in this story no that was we're, Luffy we're... who was lost okay you're, yeah you're actually right because Zora's just like you're right yeah, Zoro was late because he got stuck in the oil trap. Luffy is the one who got lost. And then I, I think this is where he decided to flip it as almost a, you know, like kind of an editor thing. No, we can't have the captain being the one who gets lost all the time. That's silly. We'll have Zoro be the guy who gets lost all the time. Yeah, I didn't talk about this, but back to One Piece chapter 1000, they find a real strong way to give Luffy the Goku moment where he shows up, you know, with everyone battered and beaten to save the day without mm-hmm. selling out any of the Straw Hats. Yeah. Which is just incredibly good from Odai. Like fucking chef kiss. Toriyama could never figure that out. Yeah. Anyway. Also, like, I'll point this out just because it's so rare. There is an art mistake after, like, Luffy is falling over and Nami goes to catch him. Her hair is miscolored and it's, uh, and Luffy's hair is colored blonde. And I pointed out just because you'd think they would fix that in the volume and it's super rare. Yeah. But like I said, I think the climax of this story is incredibly strong, where everybody but Nami gets to be involved. Luffy delivers the knockout blow at the same time Zoro like, slashes at Django, and Django's like, you're just too slow. I, you didn't get me in time. And But Usopp's like, ah, great, that branch was in the way. And he gets the knockout on Django. Yep. The stuff with Kai is super good. Yes. You know, that's something that we're going to see repeated as a tune a lot as it goes on, but it's very good here. Yeah. I really like the stuff with the villagers where they, you know, they wake up and they're like, what? It's morning already. Shouldn't Usopp have been causing a ruckus? And all of them are kind of like, you know, they give him a hard time for it, but they re- like, he's a staple of the village. Like, I like the one guy was like, was I too hard on him? 
yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, oh no, did I take like we're we've been kind of playing this game and I really enjoyed it. Did I take you know my role too far? Mm-hmm. And like, ah, oh, don't worry, he'll be back, but he won't. Yeah, but the Usopp pirates take up yeah, the take up the role. Yeah, take up the role, which is real nice. Yeah, I I also like that you know they had much more reasonable dreams uh-huh. for them. So you know he's like I'm disbanding the Usopp pirates, but you know you guys go forward to your dreams. Yeah, yeah, keep your dream in your heart, which yeah. is you know the most One Piece thing. Yes. Yeah, th- those kids would all be professionals if they were as old as they were then when that story was published. <laughs> well, I mean it's been it's been several years. They might be. It's been like three years. I feel like maybe four. Yeah. Because the. I guess, no, the time skip is three years. It's not, I was thinking two years. The time skip is three years. And I'm going to give a year on either side of the time skip. So it's been maybe five years, I would say. Yeah, so they're probably getting into yeah. their professions. Kaya, Kaya's, I was going to say, Kaya's a doctor by now. She has not had time for medical school. But she lives in one piece, so that's probably more than enough time. <laughs> that would be a fun callback. Like, they need a it doctor and Kaya's the one who shows up. Look, I'm sure she's going to show up again. I, yeah, I, I I'm sure like she is too. the very end, but... Yeah, but that like that would be a fun callback. Like Usopp gets hurt, they need a doctor, and Kai is the one who shows up. How did you get here? <laughs> what are you doing in the Grand Line? Uh. Also, I thought we had Chopper right there. No, Chopper's going to be off fixing something else. Obviously, um, this is also the like. It reminded me of how long it took Brooke to get into the crew, yeah. but with yeah. Luffy being like, you know, they're like. All right, so we're we're starting to get a crew together, but you know we're missing somebody, and they're all like talking about the galley, and Nami's like, "Listen, like I'll cook food if you pay me," and so like, "Yeah, well, you know, we probably all do need that crewmate." And Luffy's like, "Yeah, the musician," and that's a recurring thing. Luffy I know wants a musician on that boat, and they're all like, "That is the least important position, Luffy." Yeah, and he's like, "No, it's not. Pirates have to sing." <laughs> Yes, it, but I just it reminded me of that that moment where yeah. they finally get Brooke onto the squad, and like I guess we have our musician now. Yeah, like Luffy's uh, been talking about this for a year. Back to the Kaya thing. The the funniest thing with Kaya is she's Shanks' doctor, and they're like, "Yeah, we decided to pull up into port, say hi to Yasup's sudden wife, and they weren't there." <laughs> <laughs> But then she was like, "Hey, I'm a doctor. Can I come with you?" And I was like, "Yeah, seems legit. I need a doctor." <laughs> yeah we we also have the start of the Barates uh, story arc which I think is it's not quite where One Piece gets good but it's a huge step up from Syrup Village right? Yes where it starts weaving in the complexities of One Piece like it's got a lot more going on although it starts very similarly where we see Sanji acting totally unreasonable and we will get out we will find out his backstory and why he does that and why it's totally reasonable at the end of this arc yeah yeah, definitely. We have, they start hinting about Don Krieg showing yep. up. They talk about Mihawk visits yep. Barati and this. So, you know, we got some foreshadowing for them coming in. Nami sees that wanted poster and freaks out. Yeah. Which, is it Nami's wanted poster? No, it's Arlong's. Oh, okay. That's we, right. You don't actually see that in this uh, chapter? Yeah, yeah it, it, that's why I couldn't remember. Yeah. Also, uh, like, it's super weird to me. I mean, scurvy is a pirate thing, so of course it would come up in One Piece. It just seems like such a pedestrian, real-world problem for Monkey D. Luffy to face. Well, that, that, it's mainly because Luffy doesn't face it. Like, it's 
it's one of the things that really convinces them to get a cook. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh no, scurvy. Well, yeah, these two random pirates that are not part of, I mean, they're part of the main story, but you know, these two random pirates face scurvy, but not the uh, Straw Hat crew. Yeah. Well, and Don Krieg's crew also. I guess they're more starvation than scurvy specifically. Yeah. Also, Nami's the one that knows about it because she knows about citrus fruits. Yeah. Which is just a little nice, consistent thing if you yes. know about Nami. Yes, it's very good. Like you said, it's perfect storytelling for them to be like, okay, yeah, we definitely need a cook. Like, that's not just a, a uh, luxury thing. Yeah. We need someone to take care of our bodies with food. Yep. Yeah, and we get Sanji's introduction where he's just like a shitty waiter. <laughs> he is actually a cook. Well, yeah. I, I definitely like where he's like, you know, no, uh, I'm actually not a waiter. I'm the sous chef. All of our <laughs> waiters just quit. Yeah. And it ends with him giving uh, Jin, the pirate from Don Krieg's ship, some food. And Luffy being like, oh, that's got to be my cook. Yep. Yeah, which leads to the... Because we didn't have that moment with Usopp. Uh, but that leads to the, the theme of Luffy being like, you're going to join my crew now. And the person, no. But then, I mean, you know, obviously wins them over. I mean, he has that with Zoro, though, before. And Nami. Yes. Nami's isn't resolved yet, but... Yes, but uh, we don't just, know that as an ignorant audience. Yeah, he doesn't have the he doesn't have that moment with Usopp is more what I mm-hmm. more what I meant. Like, yes, he does have it with Zoro, but I just like the coming back to you're going to be part of my crew. What? What? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. It's kind of my superpower. <laughs> I mean, he is an anime protagonist. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about was we do get more of that buggy cover story throughout this, which is mm-hmm. very funny. Yes. It's all physical humor, because that's all you can do without dialogue. And it all works quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. All righty. I suppose that just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is a segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto, that ninja that said a good luck Odai. At the end of his series. I guess his son said that. Technically. Mm-hmm. At the very bottom is Koku. He sucks. He's from Flame of Rekka. Yep. Dead in the center, we actually have Buggy the Clown from One Piece. Speaking of that guy. Mm-hmm. So who do we want to add this week? Y- you kind of don't want to add Kuro, right? Yeah. I feel like that really only leaves Zoro, unless there's somebody else you think makes sense. No, that's fair. I like Zoro a lot. He certainly adds a very specific tone to One Piece that it doesn't get otherwise with the sort of hyper-violence and like sort of darker play. Yeah. That said, I think he's the worst of the Straw Hats we've ranked so far. He was gone for years, and while I was super excited when we got him back, I didn't really miss him. Totally fair. I do think he's probably better than Buggy, though. Yes. Worse than... Usa, or Luffy, obviously, who's currently our bottom-ranking straw hat. Yep. How do you think he compares to Gone from Hunter x Hunter? I like Gone more. Yeah, I think I agree. What about Asta from Black Clover? I think I like Zoro more than Asta, though. I do really like, like you said, he fills that niche of that kind of darker side that kind of helps bring out the shonen moments and the levity moments in One Piece. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll know Zoro will be hyper-violent, but then he can, you know, also get into the jokey arguments with Sanji. And, and he gets lost. He gets lost all the time. As harping on. Yeah. 
How do you think he compares to Hattori from Bakuman, their editor, not the other Hattori? Mm-hmm. That's a harder one. Yeah, Hattori never swords anybody. He doesn't ever swords anybody, but I think I'm going to give it to Hattori just with him having that really, really nice supporting role for them. Like, mm-hmm. especially having just recently read that chapter where he was kind of like, hey, you guys have graduated. You know, mm-hmm. you came up with a plan before I even thought of it, and I totally agree with it. Mm-hmm. What about Hamura, the guy who draws Otter 11? I like him more than him. Or I like Zoro more than Hamura. Okay, then Roranor Zoro will go at number 40, above Kizawa Hiramaru, and below Yujiro Hatori. Speaking of Bakuman, next, or there is no Shonen Jump next week, so we will be taking that week off, have mm-hmm. our own Christmas break, finally. After that, we will be back to read volume 14 of Bakuman, though, which should be fun. Yeah. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against Wind's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerson. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can check out our uh, my other podcasts, including It's a Gundam, where we are doing a COVID can't record special on my least favorite Gundam show, Gundam Build Divers. If you want to check that out and listen to my pain. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Nope. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you two weeks from now. Don't you know, subliminal manipulation